Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Coming at you from the Super 8 Hotel recording studios of On the Wing Podcast in Lewistown, Montana. It is episode two of Rooster Road Trip 13, Montana Mixed Bag Edition. Uh, as a reminder, Rooster Road Trip, uh, all public lands, and this year in particular, we've got um, public lands that Pheasants Forever has helped put on the map, whether they're block management. Well, a lot of them have been block, are going to be block management or wildlife areas. Um, but that's that's the goal: hunt public lands and demonstrate uh, there are birds to be had for anybody willing to release the hounds and follow along. Uh, thanks to our Rooster Road Trip sponsoring partners: Browning, Federal Ammunition, Ruffland Kennels, Apple Autos, Sound Gear, and Garmin. And you can uh, check out the photo galleries, the videos, everything at roosterroadtrip.org. Today's episode, uh, we've got Andrew Vavra, Director of Marketing, back in the big chair, co-hosting this episode, the, uh, the leader of Rooster Road Trip year in and year out, the visionary. The, Ooh, that's uh, a lot of pressure. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a lot of pressure, just like everyone else. <laughs> Well, let's just stop that there. <laughs> you, you're kind of the, the hunting guy, the coordinator. Uh, I put, I, no, are. I put other people who know more than me in good positions to succeed, and then me and my knuckle-headed dog just follow along <laughs> and have a good time. Well, your knuckle-headed dog had a good day, which we'll talk about. Uh, also with, with us, um, two folks who have been on the podcast a couple of times, Erica Hill, our Corporate Partnerships and Product Development Coordinator, and uh, Chad Harvey, our regional representative from Montana. So we'll kick off the episode a little bit about each of you. We'll talk about where we hunted today and uh, kind of some high points of the day. Um, Focus of this one is a really signature piece of property that Pheasants Forever helped create and it was in its all its glory today, as beautiful a place as you'll ever find. But we'll get there. Um, Erica, why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit um, about your background, where you're from, um, you know, what you do for the organization, and we'll, we'll te- you could tell, tell us a little bit about your bird dog, too, along for the ride. Thanks, Bob. Uh, like you said, I'm Erica Hill. I'm our Corporate Partnerships and Product Development Coordinator. Um, I've been with PF for about eight and a half years now, Uh, had a couple different roles, started actually kind of at the grassroots level as a volunteer, uh, became a biologist, moved to South Dakota and was also a rep. And now, you know, in my new role, I work a lot with uh, our sponsors that, you know, sponsor stuff like Rooster Road Trip, all the fun we get to have on this trip and talk about our mission, um, as well as our merchandise. Um, So that's kind of what I do now. You mentioned Oak. Uh, he's my almost one-and-a-half-year-old black lab, um, and he did have a first today, so I'm excited <laughs> to talk a little bit more about that. And you're from Iowa. I am from Iowa. I have never been to Montana, so this has been a really, really cool trip for me. Um, yeah. 
It's, it's been really exciting. It, and I uh, often talk about the statistic um, that pheasants forever and quail forever employ. More biologists, uh, any company, organization, the entire country, with one exception, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And as you mentioned, you're the corporate partnerships and product development coordinator, yet another biology degree. Yep. Like you were a farm bill biologist, you're a regional rep. You know, we do have biology de- degrees throughout the organization, and that <clears throat> that does you know, maybe more than meets the eye there that you get to use that degree in corporate partnerships. And you're like, well, how on earth would that connect? But you do once in a while, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. Everything from government affairs to partnerships. uh, We have biology degrees throughout the organization. So that's something that I'm super proud of. You should be super proud of your dog today. Oak. It's going to be a high point. We'll talk about Oak. Um, Chad. Tell us about your background. Sure. It's, uh, it's been a couple of years, I think, since I've been on here, but regional rep for Montana, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Canada, and Alaska. I've uh, been with the organization just over five and a half years now. Uh, grew up in Michigan, so we have that in common, although I was a troll by birth. I was a <laughs> youper by choice. Uh, school up in Michigan Tech, spent probably a lot of time roaming some of the same woods you did, mm-hmm. Jason Grouse. Uh, like I said, been in Montana for five and a half years now, and um, was actually last year watching videos of the rooster road trip and a couple of golden retrievers that were out on the landscape. Mm-hmm. They got me excited one night and emailing Andrew saying, "You guys got to come out to Montana next year so I could show mine off." So, and well, tell us about your your golden retriever. Yeah, Buck will be two here in just a couple of weeks. I think his birthday is on November fourth, and he's the fifth golden retriever I've had. Um, Kind of went down that road a few years ago and never went back. And it's, again, you don't see many of them in the field. And I get a lot of jokes about having a designer dog or a companion dog. But to see him, how he's progressed over the last two years. And, you know, even even today, he, he put up a nice, he ended up being a hand, but he was right on that bird, right on its tail. You know, and it was pretty cool. And it, yesterday, retrieving some sharp-tailed grouse. And, I mean, last year, we were down in Arizona chasing quail. And it's just, just been a lot of fun to get out again with a young dog and, and see him. And Buck has had a great season so far. So far, yeah, we've been we've been killing it. Uh, There's quite a few birds in my cooler that that I got before you guys (laughs) arrived on my way to meet you. You know, I had to make sure there were some birds in the field uh, before you got here. So, I kind of find it odd that people give you grief about a golden retriever being a designer dog. Like the guy I do (laughs) a radio with back in the Twin Cities. He has Britneys now, but you know for. The first decade I knew him, he had golden retrievers. His son, his oldest son, golden retrievers. His son's best friend, golden retrievers. Like, I hunt with golden retrievers a ton. And we refer to them as swamp collies. But we never never give them grief as having a designer dog. Well, even even last year, uh, when we met up with the the chapter volunteer outside Hedinger, you know, he had the two goldens that Chad referenced, and one of the first things out of his mouth was like, these aren't full house dogs. <laughs> like, referencing Comet, the golden retriever from full house. Mm. And so, like, there's definitely, like, a, a little bit of guardedness yeah. and defensiveness huh. from, from, like, the, the field-bred golden retriever crowd. Because, I mean, you're in a unique position because you kind of hunted with Billy, and, like, he just kind of exposed you to it. Yeah. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen a golden that, like, in the field that I... I know a couple of people have had them in the past, but it's mm. it's not common. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I think Buck's a terrific guy. Every golden yeah. I've hunted with has yeah, been great. So if you have uh, goldens out there, uh, I guess yeah. breed them for Post hunting. Post more pictures <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram because it's all those Instagram reels that are thinking, you know, they're showing just the how tough. Most of the golden are taking them downhill. I mean, they're all great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'm just happy there's someone else here who's sympathetic to like the burr situation of like a feathered mm-hmm. dog. It's like all these kind of slick coated German dogs running around, and it's like I'm I'm sitting there on the tailgate just trying to like clean up Baxter and not have him yelp and like cry out like I'm doing something wrong to him. It's just like oh, absolutely long haired dogs, you gotta love. Them. Yeah. So, in the thing that I've been most envious about on this entire trip so far is your rig. Like <laughs> right. sure, it, and you know. The obvious part is the camper, right? Yeah. But your truck is like killer. When you live on the road, you know you got to have a good setup. So yeah. So tell us about your there. setup, the the yeah. camper piece in particular. Yeah, the camper piece. It's a little almost like teardrop style camper, but it's more off road. It's got some bigger tires on it, you know. But it's got everything. It's very small. Uh, if you're over six feet tall. I'm pushing the limit. You know, the bed's going to be a little bit too small for us. And you couldn't fit in there. Uh, no, but yeah, that happens. There's a joke there, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's cool. It's got, it's got a bed. It's got, you know, it's got a little cooking area. It's got hot water. It's got an outdoor shower if I need it. Um, and enough room for me and Buck to crawl in there and snuggle at night till he gets too hot. And I throw him in the back of my actual truck that's got a top around it. And that's kind of his space back there. Built my own little... Uh, like gear system drawers mm-hmm. in the back to have always got all my hunting stuff in there my rifle my shotgun fly rod you know spinning reel just about any you could ever want to be on the road for back, at least a week at a package time. sometimes <laughs> yeah, you know uh everything you need to be on the road for at least a week in montana which is probably the best place in the world to be on the road for just living the dream out here which, is, which is why we're out here and which is why when you sent that email to me it was either during or right after the road trip. You did not wait to kind of like make your case for getting out there. It's like you you don't have to twist my arm. It's yeah. uh, you know it truly is a, a magical upland destination for sure. Yep. It is, and yeah, we're we're here for a week. This is day two, and um, today we spent the well the entirety of the day hunting a property called the Teton River Wildlife Area. Yep, which was. In all its glory, fall colors, um, you know, beautiful weather. Tell us a little bit about that property um, from your perspective, how sure. it came to be. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's about forty five minutes north of Great Falls, right off I fifteen um, on the Teton River. Obviously, it's how it got its name, Teton River. Build a wildlife area, two hundred seventy acres. I think we started the process to acquire it back in two thousand seventeen. Finally got things closed around in 2018, and uh, at the time it had been in production. You know, it was it was mainly used for cattle grazing at the time. There was a little bit of crop planted in there, and it was it's just some pristine riparian area. And it's I've honestly in the only hunted it twice, actually three hmm. times since since we hunted it today. But five years ago, walking on that landscape, and it was almost barren ground, particularly on the north side where we hunted second today. And uh, to see just what resting that off the cattle grazing and, and planting a little bit of cover in there for the birds can do. And I was in there last week, like I told you, and saw uh, a lot of birds. And I'd hunted other properties in that area um, up off the river, that not PF stuff, and, and saw marginal. Marginal cover, marginal birds all across 
this part of Montana right now. It's been a really dry year, so it's almost like an oasis to drop mm -hmm. down that river valley. Um, you know, we saw a lot of wildlife. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw whitetail. We saw mule deer. We got some really cool flushes on turkeys. Hunter and I, you guys weren't in that picture, but I think we do have it on film. Um, you know, there's been moose rolling through there. We talked a little bit about uh, every spring. We have at least one grizzly bear trolling through there. Um, and we have trail cameras out monitoring all this stuff and uh, regularly posting photos of, of what we find out there. But it's just kind of, it's just a really, particularly when you drop off the top down into the river, it just mm -hmm. the landscape changes in the matter of a quarter mile from like dry, you know, just stubble down to like this, you know, oasis of riparian cover and old cottonwoods and new willows coming up and, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's pretty beautiful to think about, about that right there and how easy it is for people to access who live in the area. And, it, and we do get, it is a rolling block management, like you said, and, and it's been, it's been used quite a bit over mm -hmm. the last couple of years. I think we had 200, 100 days last year, which means 200 people used it. And, and, uh, you know, we get, a little payment back from FWP for allowing that access, and that rolls right back into the property stewardship, allowing us to do more projects on improving the habitat. So it's a pretty cool program. You can tell that he's like lost his Michigan roots, and he's like gone oh, western. Yeah. And not just because like his rig, and I live out of a truck, yeah, yeah. my dream, all that type of stuff. It's like the glossing over of the grizzly stuff. Right. Like he just, just like just like all casually, he's like, okay, this is the thirteenth year of the Rooster Road trip. Mm -hmm. This is the first time. Like in our little safety debrief before we start every morning, I've had to circle people up and distribute bear spray, mm -hmm. and not like like oh we're just a bunch of scared Midwesterners and we're in grizz country. It's like no, like legitimately, like you're gonna be walking through willows over your heads, and this is bear country, and like we have coworkers who have ran into grizzlies on that property while hunting, and it's just like it's a very real threat, and so like. Yeah, it's just it's like it's just like it's just, it's a wild place, you know. And like he rattled off all the all the wildlife that we saw there, and it's just it's just so incredibly incredible to finally see what mm -hmm. I've heard about since two thousand eighteen. You know, it's it really has been like one of the the keystone projects that we've been trying to like to elevate to like show what else we can do. You know, he he mentions the build a wildlife area program. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of our signature uh, programs that people right now can go to pheasantsforever.org find build a wildlife area and give to because it creates public access. It creates, you know, more critical upland habitat and proves what's there. And we've, you know, accomplished this to the tune of almost like 220,000 acres across the country. And like to finally see one of the pieces you've heard about so much mm -hmm. and like it didn't disappoint. Like mm -hmm. today was really special. Like it's, it's a cool spot. <laughs> I, w I was listening for the same things that you were like, he just, glossed over the grizzly bear thing. The other, the, did, I did, did not. I did not. Definitely not. Did you catch the verb he used in front of grizzly bears? Mm -mm. He said, grizzly bears troll through. He's caught them on the cameras trolling through here in the springtime. It's like, I don't know about you, but trolling means catching things. Yes. Right. Yeah, I instantly was thinking about So, So this property, grizzly bears are in here trolling for people in the springtime but i mean legitimately like last week one of our co-workers <clears throat> hunted this property rooster flushed out of willows took a shot got a bird but that shot alerted the grizzly bear to get the heck out of the willows and the grizzly went the other way and that uh co-worker was like well, that rooster maybe just saved my life because <laughs> like, I was going into those willows. So that that's a pretty amazing. But it, you're right. Like, 
you know, it, it, it was the first time that we've ever had to, you know, hand out bear spray. <laughs> and we have two videographers, right? We have, how many hunters do we have on this trip right now? Well, we, we have changes a little bit because... Five to six, depending on who's who coming up with. And, yep. <clears throat> so, let's just say we had eight this morning, and we had three canisters of bear spray now chad and hunter who were with us both montana natives you have like a holster on your hunting vest for bear spray yeah so that i mean every hunt do you have bear spray with you? if you're in bear country um for sure yeah and, and even when i'm big game hunting and have a rifle uh my bino harness has a spot to put bear spray and huh. i usually double up and sometimes i have a pistol too so it's like you got to take it seriously, and obviously I didn't grow up in this kind of bear country either, right. so it took some getting used to. Um, but, you know, it's it's still very rare, but it right. but it does happen. Well, we certainly don't want to scare people away from right. coming to Montana because of yeah. grizzly. Yeah. It has happened twice yeah. this hunting season where an upland bird hunter has encountered uh, a grizzly. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a grizzly while you've been out bird hunting? Nope. I yeah. yeah. You just... You've been lucky. Being prepared, yep. like you uh, would be in any situation with you or your dog, yep. right? Having, you know, needle-nose pliers for porcupines, having, you know, things that get a pup out of a trap, or I'd be um, Pepto-Bismol, or, you know, if a snake bite, um, you got Benadryl, all sorts of different things. Now, this is a, maybe a little bit different level, but it's just, a, um, you know, a, another step of being prepared. I did feel good seeing the actual Montana guys step out like fully strapped. I was oh. like, okay, we're we're not overreacting. This, but yeah. the, the locals are are in on it. Okay, it's now just, I did it. I felt bad for us. walking in front the whole day. I did get it. Now you guys, were, I didn't know you were. It was me and Hunter. I felt like the entire time, like out front and like. Get, well, yeah. I felt yeah. like maybe we were hogging the hunting. You guys were just scared. I, okay, I get it. Like, I, I mean, the other thing is <laughs> so so we got six people, three bear sprays, right? So. One person that's going to run the fastest is going to be okay. And then the other three with bear spray are probably going to be okay. So there's two vulnerable, vulnerable ones. So it's just a matter of who they're going to be if you encounter a bear. Yeah. But we did, you know, we, we, we stopped the night before at a, I don't even know the name of the sporting goods store, something 40? North 40. North 40. Yeah, 40. 40 and, and we bought the final three bear sprays on the shelf. So... It is something that... Which is kind of surprising because every store around here does have it. And it's probably a product of there's a lot of bird hunters up in that area right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a couple times here recently, somebody has run into one. And so mm -hmm. it's it's not something that I commonly see bird hunters have in Montana, even in bear country, which is, you know, not a good thing. But hopefully we're bringing some awareness to that. And it's, it's never bad to have it. Yeah, and carrying so much other stuff in your vest, like you say, what's a canister of bear spray gonna? I was kind of wondering why you guys only bought three. Like, <laughs> trying to fit us out. Or... Yeah. No, that was all that was left. Hunger Games, different variety. Forty dollars for a can of bear spray, in case you're wondering. It comes wow. with a trigger guard, so there was a question of how did they actually work, but we didn't have to test it out. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, so we, we hunted Teton River, and for somebody, Teton River Wildlife Area, somebody that hasn't ever been to, you know, central Montana bird hunting, 
can you describe kind of the terrain for them visually? What, 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 what's the picture you want them to see of this area? Yeah, so it's uh, kind of more or less divided in half by the Teton River, which isn't a huge river. I mean, what'd you guys say? 20, 30 yards across mm -hmm. in this place. Not very deep. Our dogs, dogs easily. We're, we're crossing it. And there's some holes in there where they could swim and stuff, but it's, it's fairly shallow. But it's a lot of uh, young willow that have come up in the last few years from some of the high waters we've had in the spring and regenerated that stuff. Now that the cows aren't in there, that used to be barren uh, a couple years ago. And uh, that's, I mean, it's honestly where we found most of the birds. Um, on the south side, it's just really old growth. Uh, that was never really farmed too heavily from what I understand of the history of the property. So it's old growth uh, willow. A lot of those things are, you know, falling down and brush cover and really thick knee to waist high to even sometimes shoulder high shrubs in there and just lots of places for critters to hide. I mean, we, we kick, I kicked up a little mule deer buck, like bedded down. We, we got within 10 yards of him, you know, and my buck, my dog buck, like looked over like something was there and uh, I knew it wasn't a bird. And I just, again, I hoped it wasn't a grizzly, but I was prepared and a, and a mule deer buck jumped up. And that's how thick it is down mm -hmm. there. And we did run in today actually happened to be the youth opener for rifle. Uh, in Montana, and we did run into, I ran into two kids and a father down there hunting, looking for deer, and you know, they'd been down there all morning and hadn't seen anything, it's just how thick it is, and they were only 100 yards from, from maybe where, uh, where that deer jumped up, and it's just, it just goes to show how good the cover is down there, it, mm -hmm. it almost, it's like I made the comment, it's more like grouse hunt, because you're in that sort of like thick cover, and they're, at, I don't think at any given time I could see more than like three of the people, even though we we're all, you know, 50 to 100 yards apart as we're walking through there. So it's just a really cool riparian area um, that, that has a lot, holds a lot of wildlife in a small space. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was beautiful and there, like you say, it was sort of a Noah's Ark of all sorts of different. There were porcupines down there. That's another thing to be yeah. cognizant of in, in Montana. Um, thankfully, they were pointed porcupines. Um, the, the water um, was, you know, clean and running, and uh, it was a nice opportunity for the dogs to cool off because we had yet another day that was, God, it had been close to 70 degrees today, yeah, I think. Over, I believe. Yeah, it got warmer again, and as Chad alluded to, it was some thick stuff, and I decided to just wear the t-shirt, and then you start ripping through the willows, and you look at your arms, you're like... <laughs> If I was rough grouse hunting, there's no way I'd wear just a t-shirt. Mm. But here I am in like really thick stuff wearing a t-shirt and just slashed all over the arms. It's like okay, this is we're hot and we're going through thick stuff, thick cover again. And as you moved up in elevation, like off of the river bottom up to plateau, there's grass planting, and yep. even up a little higher, there was pollinator planting yep. too. Yep. So a lot of habitat work going on here. Yeah, we did some stuff. I think those plantings were done three years ago. Um, after resting for a year or two on the grazing, we planted some dense nesting cover down there in the bottom, which has held pretty well. And then uh, up top, a native pollinator mix to help, uh, you know, help with some of the bird stuff around there. It hmm. seems to be working. Yeah, it does seem to be working. Needs some rain. Yeah. This country well, needs some rain. Like, okay. let's be real. Like, there's probably a reason why we're finding so many birds in the thick stuff in the riparian habitat, because, again, just, you know, just... Yesterday, we were a little further, well, almost three hours of, like, mm -hmm. northeast of where we were hunting today, and same story, it's it's crispy out there. Yeah. Uh, although, as we moved um, east, it things started to green up. I mean, uh, west? 
No, towards Lewistown. Oh, oh so now, okay, yeah. yeah. So that is a clarifier. Where, where we were hunting today was northwest of Great Falls. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah, about yeah. And now we're in Lewistown, so yeah, you're, you're right. We're kind of getting back into some healthier looking yeah, stuff. It, it, I don't know, I haven't looked at the drought map, but it did appear like things are significantly greener as oh, we, yeah. you move yeah. east. Yep, seems to be the way it is this year, yeah. All right. All right, so next I want to talk about um, our day on the WMA in terms of bird hunting. Um, so... <laughs> After the grizzly bear <laughs> sprays were dispensed, um, we hunted two sides of the property today. Um, so I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about is we, we drop down because you park up in elevation, right? And you drop down. Um, kind of the first big action were those turkeys. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and you were closest to, uh, to what happened. I was close. Hunter and I kind of broke off and, you know, I had Buck, my golden, and he had Fletcher, his lab. Um, and we were kind of working a corner uh, down towards the river and into some thick stuff. And his dog got really kind of birdie and we got excited, you know. And then <laughs> Logan was actually photographing and he, he was taking pictures and he made the comment it was so loud he thought it was a grizzly bear yeah it's, it scared him you know coming out of there but dog had a great flush on a turkey and he did <laughs> uh those were transplanted they were wild from further up river a couple years ago huh with fwp um monte fish wildlife parks uh, national turkey federation we transplant some turkeys down here in, into this part of the river and uh they've taken off and they've been there several years now and it's this is one of the few places in Montana for, for a turkey. There's no general tag. It's a permit drawing. So they're trying to get some more in this area. And we did have a hunter down there this year who uh, drew a tag trying to get a turkey. And unfortunately, he didn't connect with one. But, um, you know, it's it's just a matter of time until we get some more action on those. It, it was funny because I've been in situations three times where my dogs have pointed tall grass. And I'm approaching thinking pheasant. Right, because this happened in Minnesota. <laughs> when a turkey comes out of whether it's a willow thicket or tall grass, like it's significantly different than what you're expecting. And the first time that happened, and this was probably ten years ago, trammels on point in western Minnesota. Billy, the guy I do K fan with, was on my left, and I walked in to flush the rooster, hopefully, and this big gobbler gets out and I went ah! <laughs> <laughs> absolutely wilted <laughs> in fact it Billy gives me grief about that all the time which which made me think about okay dogs are getting birdie we had just had this safety talk about grizzly bears and I know I think it was Logan that said yeah I was I was on high alert when this <laughs> when this gobble, when this turkey came out of the willows so yeah <laughs> Pretty fun. Yeah. Now, it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so we, we walk, um, and we, we hunted pretty hard, saw a fair number of hens. Um, this is an area you had hunted about a week ago, and you had had some success here already. Yeah. And you saw, you think you shot all the roosters <laughs> out here. Well, yeah, but now I feel bad, but, I mean, no. uh, you know, this is, we're going to, third week now of, yeah. of bird season in Montana. Um, I was out here literally a week ago. Yeah. 
and, and hunted it. And I, I did. I, I got a limit off the property. Not that difficult hunting the same areas mm-hmm. that we did. And I actually met someone else out there in the afternoon, and they didn't have a dog and took them out. And Buck was able to put up a couple of roosters, and they didn't hit any, which is why I'm like, well, hey, I seen all these birds this morning mm-hmm. and in the afternoon, and we definitely left some out there. Let's let's take a trip down there for the for the road trips. So you guys can really see this property and showcase it. So, oh, one thing I was saying because it is river bottom, and up above is agricultural fields. Mm-hmm. And last time I hunted the Missouri Breaks, we were hunting in the in the Missouri River, hunting islands. Mm-hmm. And midday, the birds kind of spend the time up on the tops of the kind of the cliffs yeah. in the ag, eating waste grain, right? And then they spend the mornings and evenings kind of in the habitat in the lower part. Do you think there's a chance that that was going on where the birds were maybe out feeding? Like we... It's possible, yeah. But I just have never... I don't think I've ever seen a rooster driving up top there. Okay. I mean, I mean it's just... it's. There's so much quality habitat down below. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we did have some pretty good excitement that involved Andrew and Erica. And I was on the other side of a hill so i did not get to witness it um so andrew maybe from your perspective how'd that sequence take off well so are, are we talking about the north side now so the we, second second um place we went where the, yep yep so we started on the south side and then the reason we actually started on the south side because we knew it'd be just like the, the thicker stuff maybe better for the flushers but you know so there might be some birds in the willows uh, when we first rolled up this morning, there was somebody else already mm-hmm. beat us to it, and they were hunting, you know, the north side. Um, you know, they had Oregon plates, and they had the pheasants forever, like, dog bowl out back, and it was kind of like, yeah! <laughs> like, all right. But one of, the, one of the downsides of Rooster like, Road Trip, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's public land. Yeah. That's the beauty in it. It's like, right. we're just out here like everyone else. Like, we're not special. Um, so we got beat. Hunt, we hunted the south side, you know, gave the, that person all the time they mm-hmm. wanted, and then... At around lunchtime, we were, well, let's go check out the, the north side again, see if they're still around. The truck was gone. We're like, all right, we have, we have some dogs. We have some people. Like, we're confident. Let's just go for it. Um, we, we cut through you know, the, the kind of predominantly grassy bottom area and, and kind of beeline it towards the, the river edge where some of the willows were. Uh, and we kind of cut north. And uh, Erica's dog, Oak, was definitely birdie throughout. Like, hmm. He just kind of got it, got an extra uh, pep in his step for sure. And that big lab tail is just yeah. like making a racket on, on everything. And um, so he, like you had like, this is probably the first time on that side of the field where it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. there's, there's something around here. Like we'll, we'll get into it. And uh, so we kept on walking that, that river edge. And I think, um, did you and a dog just bump that bird or like, cause I, don't, I didn't see where it came from. Yeah, it was right off to my left. Um, so I think it was just us all walking kind of up together as well as the dogs just going completely crazy right in front of us. Yeah, so she she kicked up this this rooster, and I was furthest to the left of the group. Like, I was hugging the riverbank. Um, you know, it was a, a nice crossing right to the left shot, maybe 30 yards out. And Renee was kind of behind me to my right, and, like, I could I – could, <laughs> I could like feel her energy uh-huh. and her voice, just like rooster, yeah. like she, like it was just like 
we were amped, like, it's the first pheasant of Rooster Road trip, like, it's the first rooster we've seen, it's just like, that bird better drop, and so, you know, I, I pulled the trigger, and, you know, it, um, it went down, and the funny thing was, like, when we, well, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit, when we first got pulled into this property, we were kind of joking, like, how awesome would it be to, like, maybe get a water retreat in the Teton River, like, we were mm. like, that'd be so cool, well, here we are, hours later. That bird pitched right, right in the middle of the river, and um, oak was oak was all over it. Um, so there was probably a eight foot cutaway bank and you know, some brush, and like oak runs up to the edge, looks, 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 and just kind of like Billy goes and dive bombs in the water, no hesitation. Baxter follows him because he doesn't know Benny better. He's just like playing around with him, but oak was all business. <laughs> like, Did you see all this, Erica? I saw him as he was just getting to the bird. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So he, he snatched it up and made it made a beeline right back to Erica. And it's like, oh, it's a, it's a well-trained lab that mm-hmm. knows what it's doing. That's super cool. <laughs> so have you done a lot of training, water training? Or? We've, yeah, I've thrown a lot of dummies in the pond um, on the acreage that we live in. And so I haven't had the opportunity to give them a water retrieve. We went duck hunting just once. Um, weren't lucky enough to harvest anything or have anything come into the spread. So I've been super excited to get him out swimming and get something in his mouth. So it was really, so, really, really cool to see it all come together today. Number one, wild rooster, Montana, in the Teton River. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty cool that it was on PF property, too. Yeah. It's something I'll never forget, for sure. Right. right. And oak. Where's the name oak come from? I've always loved oak trees. So I grew up in western Iowa in the Les Hills. Um, have beautiful oak savannas in part of that part of that part of the Iowa. So um, just kind of love what they stand for, too. You know, they kind of stand tall, stand strong. Hmm. Um, that's kind of what I want out of my dog. So that's oak. He stood strong today, right? That was yeah. very fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been impressive all week so far. I mean, I know we're only two days in mm-hmm. here, but uh, the flushers won out in Sharpie Country. Mm. You have to admit it. Like, like I'll admit it. Like the the, flood, <laughs> the flushers put up more birds than any of the pointers yeah. when we were hunting sharpies yeah. yesterday. And then you now today, like, oh, <laughs> the one lone rooster we put in our bag. So it's like. Man, the, the labs and the goldens are, are kind of holding their own on the road trip so far. I think us pointing dog guys have some some work ahead of us. There's a lot of people happy with you needling me on that. Okay. <laughs> Is Bob going to agree to that statement? Or? Well, like, I, I just yeah, never expected them to, to succeed so well in Sharpie country to begin with. Yeah. Like, honestly. Because like, like, that's like thin cover, big big running dogs excel there. So to mm-hmm. see the number of birds that the flushers put up, I was like, that's not what I expect. Sharpie hunting? And so I guess like that, that rolling into today, it's like, man, these flushers are really <laughs> So I don't disagree with you, but I will defend the point. You're defending your honor. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I would say, if you think about the sharp, like today, there's no doubt. Like, we, you know, we had, um, well, let's go back to the, so the sharpies, the, the flushers were kind of on the, the fence line, which is where the habitat, the water and the habitat really were like. We took wide, you know, you're, you and the French, Brittany, Baxter, and then my dogs. And we, we walked big and wide and through some pretty sparse country. I think Chad, Chad, like, let's be honest. He took the cherry spotlight yesterday. <laughs> I tend to walk where the birds are. But let's just not forget to mention that Baxter's been hunting with me half the time. So, well, it's because the first first day, you unloaded a box of shells by the end of the day. And so Baxter's like, 
Yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> this is the guy. Okay. <laughs> hang out over here. So there is that question, too. Is Baxter Team Flusher or Team Pointer? Well, he's a Flushing Pointer. So it's, it, he's both. But I was told, because I, I didn't see it, because I was on... I was on the other end. I was told he locked up on a hand, and, and Erica was able to walk up, flush it. Like it, yeah. he did his job today, apparently, yeah, even though I didn't see it. He was again hunting. Totally, yeah, totally nailed that hand. Like, <laughs> but you're right. Did Chad in Hunter's Lab and uh, and Oak? Uh, they've been finding the birds. Um, I think I've taken. Three shots so far. I don't know. You've taken I, two? I, yeah, I've taken two shots. So that's an indication of our dogs have not put us <laughs> on too many. On too many There's a couple times that I pulled up just from a safety perspective, which is, happens when you got cameras in the field. But um, that's just another excuse. Team Flusher is winning. <laughs> There's still a lot of week left. <laughs> All right. So as, as we close out, we do have a lot of week left. If you want to find more birds this hunting season, look no further than the Onyx Hunt app. Private and public land boundaries just begin to scratch the surface as Onyx has countless tools to make you a safer and more successful hunter. Onyx is trusted by millions of hunters across the U.S., including me, and you can join them by downloading the app for a risk-free seven-day trial. Use the code pheasants or quail during checkout for 20% off your membership at onyxhunt.com. And you'll be glad to learn that a portion of all Onyx sales using these codes goes back to support Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's wildlife habitat mission, leading to better habitat, more wild birds, and creating more public lands for all of us thanks to onyx i kind of want to go around the horn and um like we got we do have a couple of days left hunting here in montana for rooster road trip is there something you got your first water retreat you know that that's probably more than you even hoped for more than right I could ask for, yeah. but is there something else that you want to see or accomplish as, uh, to me, it feels like in every hunt, um, especially on trips, that you invest time and distance, there's a goal or a hope or a dream of something. Is there something for each of you that you want to accomplish? And I'll give you a second to think about that as, as we wrap up. But we do have a membership offer um, connected to Rooster Road Trip. You know, go to roosterroadtrip.org. Andrew, what's the, what's the unique membership offer going on? Yeah, so if you want to join, renew, or extend your membership another year for Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever, just go to roosterroadtrip.org. Got a nice little uh, browning folding lockback knife with a rosewood handle, uh, logoed with the, the browning and the PF or QF knife, depending on the flavor of magazine you want to receive and, and where you want your dollars going. Um, but it's a great everyday carry, and the best part is, is anybody who signs up to be a member throughout uh, the Rooster Road Trip, uh, Throughout us releasing this content, I should say, uh, you'll be uh, automatically entered to win the Browning 725 Satori that uh, I've been carrying around and will be carrying around and hopefully I get to pull the trigger a few more times. Right now I'm batting 500 and that's, that's okay. I, I'm hoping to actually raise that a little bit. I want some Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's, 
if you're listening to this and you're hearing the story of the Teton wildlife management area and like us like talking like so enthusiastically about like the mm-hmm. beauty of that property and the, the ability for anybody to go like access it, that's where your membership dollars go. That's mm-hmm. where are supporting us. Like that's what it accomplishes. That's what we're here for. Like if you like the upland hunt and you want to be able to point it west and experience these incredible landscapes, become a member or join, extend. Increase your membership. I mean, this is like what we're out here for is like bring attention to everything, not only that we've accomplished, but we're not done. Like mm-hmm. we're just getting started. We want to do more. So um, become a member if you're not. That, that's my plea. So it, that's a, it dovetails perfectly into what I'm hoping to accomplish, see, do, feel on this trip. And I, I started working for Pheasants Forever in 2003. So going a little over 20 years now. And early on, I wrote um, about a project that happened before my time, and that was Coffee Creek, um, a property here in Montana. And um, in 2007-ish, I worked with a reporter for National Geographic that ended up with Coffee Creek being a full spread in National Geographic, talking about Pheasants Forever's habitat mission and Rocky Mountain Elk was mentioned in that article and Ducks Unlimited. <clears throat> Bill Allard was the photographer who helped make that story happen in, in National Geographic. And I've hunted Montana uh, four different times, but I've not been to Coffee Creek yet. So it doesn't really matter to me, like, what happens in terms of bird numbers, but just being able to put eyes on something that, you know, 140,000 members and 400 employees, like signature project like Coffee Creek that's gonna be permanently protected forever, and and Wolf Creek and Teton, um, through member dollars, through hard work, blood, sweat, tears, volunteer time, whether they're emceeing a banquet you know, um, chairing a banquet, asking for donations, doing a habitat project, being a real estate agent and making a land acquisition happen, working with a school um, classroom to plant backyard pollinator habitat. I mean, it's all rolls in together. And Coffee Creek to me has always been sort of this one little gem that signifies everything. And I get to lay eyes on it uh, tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Erica, what are you uh, looking forward to or hoping to accomplish? Absolutely. Um, Just hunting in Montana itself has been amazing, just the opportunity to be here. Um, Probably top of the list would, I've never shot a Hungarian partridge, Mm. so that would be top of the list. Probably a little bit more realistic would be just to shoot a Montana rooster over oak and have him retrieve it. Cool. Uh, Chad? Sure, I think we're actually getting there on some of them, and I wasn't uh, part of the podcast from yesterday, but just the, that whole thing we're doing up there with big game and antelope migration and connecting that to how it helps birds mm. has been something that he and I have been passionate about for, you know, ever since he started doing it. He started telling me about the project, and so getting people to understand how all this work up here we're doing is connected is really important, and I think it's especially with where the opportunities lie in Montana, where we can do things for multi-species on this landscape are pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, the other is just 
I talked to you guys the other night. Uh, I haven't done a lot of bird hunting with other people most of the time. 90% of my bird hunting in my life has probably been just me and my dog. And Buck, until, I think, I just started thinking about it, until yesterday, he probably only ever hunted really with one other dog, hmm. and that was Hunter's dog Fletcher last year. We got out a few times. So it's really cool to see him working with the hmm. other, you know, the labs and the flushers and the pointers and, like, he's kind of figuring all that out because he's still a pup. He's still hmm. in his second season, so that's, that's pretty special. And uh, the only other thing I'd say is that's a really cool story about Coffee Creek, and glad we can get you out there on this trip. But I've been to Wolf Creek a handful of times. I've never hunted it. So mm. I'm I'm actually looking forward to getting out there tomorrow and, and putting boots on that ground. It it just it's so incredibly special. It's hard to put into words when you you work somewhere that it becomes part of your identity, right? Like it you know doesn't pop, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and then to like I I didn't have anything to do with putting Coffee Creek on the map, right? But I play a small role in things like that happening and it takes, you know, 140,000 people playing small roles to put, you know, 215,000 acres of permanent habitat protection on the landscape. And to be able to put eyes on some of that, whether it's Coffee Creek in Montana, you know, brand new project in South Carolina, that's permanently protected in, in wildlife habitat and public access in the future. And Ohio, Minnesota, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Illinois. I mean, it's just, you know, th those are pretty awesome things. And that's what Rooster Road Trip was conceived um, in trying to highlight. So a perfect transition into uh, the quarterback of Rooster Road Trip. What's your, uh, what's your hope for 2022? Well, I, I loved where where Erica started. I was like, all right, that's, that's getting pretty close to my angle. Mm. And then I, and I heard what one of Chad's comments, I was like, yes, we're all on the same page. We're, we're, I mean, the theme this year is Montana mixed bags. Mm -hmm. And so Chad speaks to like how quality upland habitat can have such a profound positive impact on just a multitude of species, mm -hmm. both big game, upland birds, pollinators, like it all works together. And so what I want to see, and I think we'll have the opportunity to do it. I, I, so we got into the Sharpies. That was a dedicated day for the Sharpies. You know, today we got our pheasant. I want a true one-day mixed bag. Mm. Um, that's what I would love to see come together. And I know, like, it might be wishful thinking, but I know it's possible where we could walk out of a field and have a pheasant, sharp-tailed grouse, and a hunt. And with Chad in a Montana waterfall license... Uh, yeah. we could, hey, cause you, you and hunt rifle deer opens this weekend. So throw some steel in your pocket. And if, you, if you slide off the alacoolie on your own and don't come back for a few hours, we'll, we'll know what you're up to. <clears throat> but like, that is yeah. kind of the whole point of the, the, the mixed bag mm -hmm. theme is like showing how important these landscapes are to not just roosters, mm -hmm. but to like, it's a healthy upland landscape and there's so much opportunity out there. So let's let's highlight it. Let's go for it. Let's see what we can come up with. Like that's that's what I'm really looking forward cool. to. Cool. Well said. All right, folks. Uh, follow along roosterroadtrip.org. You can see the videos that accompany. Um, we'll have four videos that accompany this year's Rooster Road Trip. Each has a podcast, um, photo gallery, and uh, you can follow all the content roosterroadtrip.org. 
Um, and especially um, get involved in the organization, become a member. If you're already a member and you want to get in a chance on that Browning shotgun and get that Browning knife, um, you can do so. Take advantage of the offer at roosterroadtrip.org. We'll tack on a full year to your membership's current expiration date. So say you're good till spring, June of 2023, you renew Right now, roosterroadtrip.org will tack a full year on. You'll be good till June 2024, and you got a chance at that browning by taking advantage of this offer. Thanks to our six Rooster Road Trip sponsors who believe in this Montana mixed bag, all public access. Thanks to Browning Shotguns and Browning Apparel, Federal Premium Ammunition, Rufflin Kennels, Apple Autos providing the Ford F-150 that got us to Montana. Sound Gear Hearing Protection and Garmin Electronic Dog Training Systems. The, I'm running the Alpha myself and Solar Watch too. So um, tremendous electronic products uh, from Garmin. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode of On the Wing Podcast for Chad Harvey, Erica Hill, Andrew Vavra, I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you to always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thank you.